0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Ah, I got a uh, documentary filmmaker here for you guys tonight. Uh, he uh, did a documentary called Kaibalian. His name's Ronnie. Shit, I forget his last name. I don't know. <laughs> So bad. Let's see what it is. Uh, Ronnie Thomas, there you go. Had to go back to the uh, to the old uh, <laughs> email. So yeah, Ronnie Thomas is going to be here uh, talking to me this evening. Uh, there's not much to to uh, go over. I mean, you you from the last one that I I did, uh, number 150, where I talked about uh, you know my my covid experience over the holidays and uh, how that went for me not good um but i'm still here i'm alive you know uh i made it <clears throat> so it wasn't I mean, it wasn't too bad i mean I've been, I've been sicker uh but you know it wasn't it wasn't the best experience either so i'm glad i made it a lot of people are getting sick right now though it's crazy so we'll be back uh with ronnie right after the intro
1: John Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin.
0: Love the suspense there. What's up, Ronnie?
2: How are you, man? It's so nice to uh, you know hook up like this, especially on the eve of the film's release. It was you know tomorrow the film comes out officially, which is kind of cool.
0: That's awesome, man. I didn't even didn't even think about that, uh, but you planned it yeah. that way.
2: Oh uh, yeah, no, When Sylvia hooked us up, I was you know, and it was our mutual friend, we should say, and I said, oh wow, yeah, I mean if we could have some good energy before the uh... it's so weird to release a film in these times. And I've had other friends who've had their films released, you know, it used to be, and I've had other things I've done. I mostly make short films, but um, there it's usually like, you release it at a festival and there's people around and there's things. I was telling my wife yesterday, like, what do we, you know, what do we do? <laughs> like? <laughs> What's like, what's the, so like somebody presses a button, this is modern, you know, film release, somebody at Amazon or not even like a, you know, a mechanical Android kind of just sets it out into the open and says, Hey, give me such amount of money and you can watch it. It's a little weird, you know, so I thought maybe we'd go over our name. I don't know. It's, it's an odd time to release a film.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it's uh, a lot of things are, I mean, even right now with uh you know the 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 limited um severity of, of omicron I mean that it, it seems it seems like they're trying to take us back to uh you know march of 2020
2: yeah well, here in New York it was a different story i mean I don't think people quite understand how dark i'm not a I don't get scared very so I was one of those like ah it'll blow and I publicly said things like I criticize South by Southwest and I stand by that. Because I think they should have at least reimbursed the um, the people who were meant to attend their festival, but oh, it'll blow over to this or that, and then and you heard those sirens all night, and like every day you had people saying, "Oh yeah, my dad, you know, died. My cousin, my then my sister got and she has lupus," and we were like, "Oh shit!" So it was a totally different reality here, and and friend and with friends in Italy, that you know. And I had to finish this film and the Breaking Bad series I did, which is funny when you're talking about methamphetamines and (laughs) drug addictions. We can talk about both things. But um, I had two major projects that just, boom, like it actually worked out really great for me because all I could do was spend time behind my computer figuring out how to edit while the world was (laughs) collapsing around me.
0: Yeah, I'm just
2: like... Oh man, actually, this is this is kind of like a good like it's terrible and like every friend of mine who had like a parent or a friend or a spouse or anything, who, and that were, I mean, was a reality here. I mean, it was terrifying. Um, and then here I am, just like, kind of like that Twilight Zone episode. You know, like, I have all the time in the world. Like I yeah. just finished my film, finished my series, come up with new ideas. So you lived in this weird paradox of good and bad like which is in a lot of ways what the film is about it's you know this paradoxical nature of the universe right
0: yeah yeah there's
2: no real control of that so it was certainly a weird time to finish but but an appropriate time to finish the film
0: (laughs) yeah 2020 was kind of the same for me i spent i spent it in my uh fifth wheel uh 40 foot fifth (laughs) wheel that's got five slide outs and i was living in that and uh I, Jesus. I didn't even i didn't i hardly ever left it you know all i did was interview people all day long for the podcast and i mean i was doing 16 a week and you know sometimes 12 and i was just i mean it was like i was it was like exercising
2: yeah oh yeah well that's that's a big thing yeah you know is the the routine the exercise getting out there and you know, kind of constantly honing what you do and having the ability to do that without external influence. So you yeah. can actually focus on, and and you're forced to focus. Like I'm the type of person who lacks, I'm, I'm undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. We didn't have it necessarily back then. And if we did, it wasn't pervasive. And so being forced to mitigate between your, call it a disability, I don't. I call it an advantage, um, with the world that we're living in. So sit there, work, do what you have to do. Otherwise you're going to suffocate. And then, you know, we managed to make this crazy film. I I don't take all the credit. I had a fantastic crew behind me as Mm -hmm. with all the things that I do, you know, but in the end, it's your name that gets attached to it. You know, the same as, you know, well, you're doing this all by yourself. It seems I'm sure you have friends and, family helping you out but no nope. in a film it is really, <laughs> no nope. right? it's all this myself
0: is. you know <laughs> most of them, my my family doesn't even listen to it they don't they, uh, they don't, they don't want like to hear they don't want to hear my crazy it, ass
2: it is so hard to get people to acknowledge content like my best friend has not watched my film and i think sometimes that's because It's like I haven't read my best friend's books, you know, it's like because you kind of know the material because you're going through it with them.
0: Yeah. So I have,
2: you know, a lot of friends who are authors and I don't read their books because that's a commitment when you were writing it.
0: Well, that's a commit. That's a commitment to read a book, to commit to reading a book is, is a commitment. And it's like, there's so much more content that's readily available to view or listen to in a podcast oh, yeah. format. You know what I mean? Where oh, God, yeah. every time, you know what, when I was in prison, I read like over 300 books. And oh, I love reading. when I got out, I was like, I don't want to read no more books, <laughs> you know? Cause it was just, I love it. I had nothing better to do. Um I don't have the when I when I read a book now or try to I, it puts me to sleep.
2: <laughs> See I, I love it. It's I do a lot more audiobooks than I care to admit, but I still love to I like the content and I love I just I love I'm insatiably curious. I can't stop de- right now I'm re- I'm reading about, you know, quantum gravity. But it's really amazing this guy um Carlo Rovelli, is an Italian I'd say he's a philosopher, but he's a physicist as well, and he talks about the nature of reality, which is obviously a core theme to everything in in my life. And you know, maybe you've had these moments. If you were attracted to the film, I'd imagine you're at least curious about where reality, the borders of reality are.
0: Yeah, you know, and where
2: like reality, and if you can call it surreality and non reality, and these like kind of wacky boundaries between the normal everyday goings on of things, you know, we wake up, we brush our teeth, if you will, unless you're my 17 year old. <laughs> and uh, we kind of just go about our business, whether it's making films or doing a podcast or existing as just a human being. And whatever that means and walking your dog and making sure that they're fed it's it's reality is it's kind of a tricky place to to live when you're conscious and aware of your consciousness.
0: Right. Well, human yeah. beings are 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're uh, routine. You know what I mean? We like to we like to know what the next thing is going to be. You know what I mean? The safety of knowing you know what's going to happen next. The familiarity of knowing what's going to happen next. And that's why a lot of people tend to choose the evil they know versus the evil they don't. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's familiar. I know what to expect over here.
2: I prefer chaos and I've always preferred chaos and I'll create, I create chaos where chaos need not be just because you like, just, which is, i had a friction, a frictional relationship with my family as a middle child, but just, I mean, you know, even that's routine. Mm-hmm. You're the, you're the kind of the cops were showing up at the, at the house because <laughs> I needed to assert I wasn't the, older boy, like, the you know, the star child, and there wasn't the younger girl, I was right in the middle. And my mother even admitted, she's like, you know, we just wanted a boy and a girl, we had a boy, another boy, and then our girl, and you were just kind of a leftover byproduct. And I give her credit for that. And I love and respect her for that. <laughs> because I was new that, but it gave me an appreciation for chaos, which I think the universe, not to go too hippy dippy. But the universe prefers chaos, you know. I mean, we think of things as very ordered, but really, the, the 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 amount of possibilities are so endless when it comes to the universe, and even just our solar system, our galaxy. You know, a giant asteroid could come flying out of nowhere, clip our planet, and send us off course. You know, but it just it doesn't seem to happen that way. You know, it's you know, I just did a series on astronomy. Uh, for the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. And the one thing, my my issue with, I have no issue with science. In fact, I love science. And I'm not like an anti-science person at all. But I don't think that science and spirituality or science and, I don't know what else you'd call it, need to ever intersect. I think they can work parallel. I think that science can be here. And whatever it is that's kind of conscious or or spiritual can be here and they don't have to meet ever true
0: science not scientism
2: right exactly you know like in what there was we got on the subject of atheism and i said and i'm not i'm a lapse catholic or i'm a recovering catholic whatever you call it. me too um but and i have a deep appreciation for certain aspects of catholicism but it's mostly aestheticism that i appreciate But what I realized in talking to these people is that so what I said, let's not talk about God, because that word in itself has such a negative Mm -hmm. connotation. Like, forget God. What if we just said, can you accept the concept of intelligent design? Like or not? And I accept that I accept the potentiality for intelligent design, that what we're in was engineered by something higher than we are and it's not bearded white man (laughs) but 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 you say god and people oh he's a religious fanatic like nowadays that's what you do you get you get kind of hooked on these buzzwords instead of hooked on the you know like let's let's get past like go back to communications breaking down right now Mm -hmm. like we like we're in the tower of babel because you can't it's it's very hard to communicate an idea without it being extrapolated in so many ways. You know, language was, was supposed to get simpler, and instead it's gotten more complicated.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's where I think the symbolic world becomes really important to me. So instead of saying, God, you say, a higher power. Mm-hmm. You say, a higher power, people say, oh, you mean God. <laughs> so we're stuck in this feedback loop.
0: No, I mean, the language. universe.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, right, exactly. The universe. So you mean so it's like new agey? No, it's not new (laughs) agey. It's indefinable, and there's not a scientist on earth who can explain what consciousness is. And the best way that I've heard it explained is consciousness is the universe experiencing itself, which I think is kind of a beautiful poetic way of of understanding what being it's the universe. Well, we're made of
0: yeah, we're made of everything stuff
2: of the universe. Yeah, yeah. uh, and we're conscious of the fact that we're made of all that stuff. So we're just the universe kind of experiencing itself. It's, you know, it's as good as a, as an explanation as I can find.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but, that, we, I, I mean, a scientist. but we can, I mean, you can go through all the different, you know, civilizations and what are we, how did we get here? I, I don't, I don't buy the, the ape theory. I don't buy it at all. We, I don't think that we, we evolved from monkeys and apes or whatever you want to call it. There's no way. I
2: think physio- physiologically maybe, but I think again, you have to think if, if you think of ourselves as a lot of different components, right? So like if we're a physiological entity that, you know, evolved from some form of primitive ape in our physical body, but then how does that explain consciousness? Mm-hmm how does that explain the awareness of who we are? So it it gets really complicated and I don't, I have no, I have zero beliefs. Like I don't, I don't believe anything because I think that belief is kind of a shortcut. Like if you, if you firmly believe something then it's dogmatic, right. Then you can't escape that belief. Yeah. You have to be open to the fact that things are changing constantly. Right. Yeah. So that's, where I at some points think that like, if you separate human consciousness, and I, I, I occasionally think of the human brain as organic material that receives information from elsewhere, um, and we talk about these themes in the film that like, it's it's a, what yeah, I guess you'd call non-local consciousness. So you, Sean, are sitting there experiencing the world as a physical human being, but you're also a, there's an alternative version of yourself, and anyone who's taken psychedelic drugs, which you know I'm not ashamed to admit that I do. Yeah, you experience it, you know. Oh, I'm, I, and again, I, I'm gonna con, I'm gonna backtrack psychedelic um, substances because I don't consider them drugs, and I don't think it's fair that they're considered drugs mm-hmm. because they're non. I don't know anyone who is addicted to mushrooms or anyone who's addicted to DMT or addicted to LSD. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Good trip. will make you, it's not going to make you want to do more. That's for sure. You're it's gonna going to make back. you sit on it for a minute. <laughs> what did but I just go agree? through?
2: <laughs> but, but doesn't that make you think, you know, and if you, I mean, I understand you probably you've done mushrooms and you know, your relationship with methamphetamines, I imagine was a much more destructive um, it's almost like you know uh, the, the the beings in the cave. It was mm-hmm. Plato or Aristotle who had to fit just, just looking at the wall, watching the flickering of the lights and your shadows. Instead of the complete reversal of that, which I think psychedelics—not to advocate for psychedelics because there's a lot of people it shouldn't be for—but I think the right combination of psychedelics can awaken something in you that will you know like get you moving forward in a path that's only yours. Doesn't have to be anybody else's, you know.
0: The best way I can explain what you just said was: one is evil, and one is love. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Produce, Psych- yeah. Psychedelics. When whenever I take have taken those, it feels like I'm wrapped in a warm blanket of of just like goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 well being and and oh man, all right, I feel great. Like I I feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And methamphetamine was was a, I mean, it was. I believe, and from what I've experienced, and I've I've experienced some stuff, um, where like there something was on top of me while I'm trying to wake up, holding yeah. me down, and methamphetamine opens the door or the portal for um evil entities, evil spirits to come through. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a demonic kind of drug, and yeah, I, I, fe- mean, yeah, I I felt that you know, I felt like I was possessed for a while, and you know, once I but, got out of that, I was like, I you know, it took me a while to you know go and revisit it and think you know look back on certain situations and try to make sense of them.
2: Yeah, I think we're also putting language like evils just this kind of term that we've created, right. That doesn't, I mean, we we use it irresponsibly nowadays and we use it all the time when it's, you know, we're, we're just looking to vilify people constantly or vilify things constantly when really it's just the human experience. Right. And we're, we're, we're at a stage I think in the collective consciousness where we're unable to just be all right with the fact that we're going through the same things our ancestors did in, in you know more advanced society Mm -hmm. And, and and we have more things assaulting us nowadays doesn't mean they're evil they're assaultive um the drug in itself isn't evil the effect of the drug is incredibly evil and i've seen it for myself and i've never expected to see that um because being from new york city you know of course we saw the heroin epidemic you know back in the 1980s but to us you know as a kid Everything's a joke, especially if you're like me. I mean, everything's still a joke to me. I don't take anything too serious, but when when you're a kid, it's like, ah, look, you know, we'd play junkie bingo, and there, you know, you'd drive down Forty Second Street if we're going to my dad's Christmas party at, uh, you know, at his at his office, and be like, oh, we got a junkie, we got a prostitute, we got a guy passed out, we got, you know, (laughs) and. You know, it's fair to make light of that to some extent, but it's not fair. These are people who are struggling and yeah. they weren't even given the tools that they needed to get through what they got through. Now we're starting to finally realize that, that, oh, wait, these people are, you know, they're, they've been given poison. Did you see Dope Sick? Have you seen that?
0: Series? I'm I'm on like, I'm on like episode four.
2: Oh, man. Does it make your blood boil?
0: Well, you know, I was hooked on, I was hooked on pills, on painkillers for for um, seven years and you know it uh yeah well i mean it i think there's i think there's parallels to that and what's happening right now you know with the market
2: to me it's apples and oranges i mean like that's that is like and i as a filmmaker i'm aware that people dramatize things and they you know like you have to and michael keaton you can't get better like you're going to empathize with them. His performance is fantastic. You're going to be drawn in. That's part of the charm of film and the arts is to kind of like get you on their side. But I think in that situation, especially knowing people like yourself who have gone through it, who you never expected um, were going to be there. You know, like one of my best friend's dad's, who was like a hero of mine, like mm-hmm. I thought was the greatest guy and is so straight and narrow and clean cut wound up on heroin because he'd taken Oxycontin
0: yeah.
2: and just like spiraled out. And we were like, what the, he- like, how could this have happened? And How terrible is this? And there it is, you know, here, here's this guy now who's just irreversibly hooked. Yeah. And then you watch something like that. And again, even if maybe it's even hyperbolic, maybe they're just being dramatic, but you do get, you can't help but feel sympathy and and when i was doing that series for breaking bad and we were talking to the really hardened police officers that was pretty nascent with them and they said the same they reflected the same thing back that like how could you know you have to have sympathy for these people and you know you go from straight a honor student to shooting it out with the police within a matter of six months something's wrong um and you're talking hardcore midwestern police officials telling me you know you have to feel sorry like there's something wrong this is not the place they wanted their lives to end up so
0: yeah i mean it, it, it was it was tough i mean i was coming out of you know 18 years of a meth addiction and then you know one year after getting out of prison starting that thing You know, and, and well, now, now was what was a one year? It was was a little bit after that. So after 2010, so four years after getting out, uh, started playing softball, got injured. They, and, and here's the thing is that it was in my, it was in my, uh, my, uh, my medical record because I'd been with this particular, you know, Kaiser Permanente for, you know, since I was born. And so it was in there that I was an addict and she saw that and she said, well, I can prescribe these to you if you'll just sign off that you won't sue us if you get, if you get addicted. <laughs> and so I'm insane? like, yeah. And so I'm like, well, shit, I'm, I'm, i know what they are and I want them. And so I signed it off, you know, and then it was, you know, there was a point where I was buying, spending $500 extra a month, uh, you know, Jeez. buying, buying more. And <clears throat>
2: but, Sean, like that's you went on the roller coaster because you went from highs to lows, right?
0: Well, here's the thing is that I could function on this, that's the difference, really. Methamphetamine, oh. I couldn't function, so I would do it and no right. matter every which way I tried to do it. And, and trust me, I tried a, a bunch of different ways to do it, and and every time it's just the same thing, boom, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like jumping, jumping off, uh, you know, trying to. Jump further than your you can, and you know you're always going to hit the ground and never hit the water. Um, that's kind of what it was like. And finally, I just amazing. yeah, it, it it is amazing. It's just it, it there's just you know when you get hooked on something, you get hooked on something, you know. And it's really difficult to. I mean, even you know when you have some distance away from it, it you know triggers and and things like music would always trigger me because I'd spend a lot of time high driving my truck, listening to music really loud. And so every time there would, you know, music, it brings you back to places, you know what I mean? Like food, food's the same thing. And, uh, you know, I I couldn't listen to music for like a year, a year and a half. Yeah. I just, why are you always listening to talk radio? I I just can't listen to music right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking about music being, transport like transportive yeah where you can just you know in my little and i'm also a musician and i've also you know been a composer and all this other stuff and it's just music but music is my first love and it's chuck d just posted on twitter and he's I, I love chuck d i love public enemy oh yeah and he posted i predict he was i think it was 1980 and his prediction was it was him pointing at a 1980s headline he said i predict by the year 2000 there'll be something like 500 record labels and 10 million artists. (laughs) And it's genius, because he's just like, he's he actually undershot his goal. Now we've got like billions of artists and like, all I want to do is listen to music and I'll and you give me a genre and I can find you something I love in it. You know, I have my favorites. I was a hardcore punk kid. But it's harder as you get older to like sustain that, you know, And I still love it when it's real, like if you fight the power. Like, oh, it was, but that that was punk rock to me, and you know, like that was said the same thing that Minor Threat said and the Ramones said. Yeah. It, it was all the same thing. They're all they were all just, uh, you know, what I think kids need to be doing today, like they that are like my my son's generation is, you're all fucking wrong, you know, like and and, and you're all walking around and like you can't just admit it. Like you just can't say because it's it it lacks decorum to say we don't know, you know. Every nowadays everyone has to know everything, instead of I guess the old occult ideology of we're we're learning, you know. Like that's what I like about the occult oh, is the that. No, notion that it's it's al- alchemy is is in a constant state of learning. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's we never they never reached the final perfection, science comes from ancient alchemy, right? Mm. I mean, chemistry comes from alchemy, that notion of just combining things, combining elements and seeing what happens. And we wouldn't have chemistry if it wasn't for alchemy.
0: Right? Yeah.
2: So we also wouldn't have that if we just said we know everything. Now, we have everything figured out, trust everybody, and question nothing. And, you know, my nature is to always go against that as you know well no and uh, in every capacity like you tell me one thing i will question which is i think why i'm good at what i do is because i ask a lot of questions you know i mean i they feel like in this configuration i've probably asked you more questions than you've asked me just because i am curious and i'm always curious anytime i meet somebody who's fascinating
0: oh well we're we're, we're going to get by. some questions here in a minute
2: <laughs> so <laughs> well, i know but i do tend to ask a lot of questions.
0: Well, it's good. I mean, you know, the, being inquisitive is uh, I mean, its a good quality. I mean, you can't, you always, you know, the, it doesn't do anybody any good to just follow blindly. You know what I mean? No. There's, there's a lot of bad things happen to people when they just follow things blindly and don't ask any questions.
2: So if we can agree that Albert Einstein was one of the most brilliant, let's just say, physicists of our time. He would start his essays with, It seems to me. Now, there's some kind of interesting language there. You know, it seems to me means he's questioning his own hypotheses and his own theories. That's in that is honorable science, Mm -hmm. it seems to me. And um, I think Faraday and all the like, every great scientist, when you theorized, was it seems to me or it appears to me or in my, uh, you know, from what I've observed, it's, it's always subjective, it's, it's open to flaw and, and they always left you with, oh, maybe this is wrong. Maybe this isn't quite correct, you know, and there needs adjustments. And so if Einstein could admit that he was potentially wrong and he would often say that, you know, he'd, his theory of um, general relativity, was the was the was the birth child of his theory of special relativity because it was incomplete he there there, were, there was a there was a problem with special relativity and without going into it he needed to fix that problem so he came up with general relativity <laughs> <laughs> because he questioned himself and then questioned that and questioned that the questions are what motivates a good scientist
0: <laughs> well in conversation too i mean you got to be able to you know that's what you know, when you start talking about, you know, some of the, the, like anything, you know what I mean. To be able to debate back and forth and to come to different conclusions and like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I was looking at it wrong, you know, and be or, and, and be and being respect. open, open. You you have to be open, and and not set necessarily in 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 your thinking and how. Just like you were saying, you know, it's like you can't be so so married to something that everything else you know what i mean you can't see anything else
2: this could all collapse Everything that we know and perceive and believe could all collapse upon itself at any moment entropy the scientific principle of entropy dictates that it won't because it hasn't happened by laws of probability but it could mm-hmm. and that's the quantum Reality too, it could collapse. Even science acknowledges, like it could potentially go this way. Like it doesn't have to react. Quantum is there are no definites. The future is indefinable. You know, it's probable, but it's indefinable.
0: So I'll, t- I'll tell you what, leaving that open. <laughs> if the grid went down, shit would start getting real.
2: See, actually, it's funny oh. you just said that. Like, I actually think that is an interesting way out of where we are, if you want to get dystopian, like I do, because as an op, so I consider myself an optimistic cynic, that I'm, I'm extremely optimistic, because I believe that we're capable of, we have the potential to love care, take, you know, be open, be honest and be real. But we, you know, we're assaulted by all these like, external factors, right? And if the grid went down, and like let's just say solar flare, like in a hundred years ago, mm. it took down the telegraph. Who, who the tele- fucking cares about the fucking telegraph, you know? You got like four lines together. Like probably it was probably a good thing that the yeah. Some <laughs> poor asshole with like perpetual carpal, Dude, his ancestral lineage is like pointed finger. Oh, my fingertips like <laughs> And he was like, thank God that went, that was a bad idea. I think it would be a similar effect nowadays where it's just, there would be a period of upheaval because you have a lot of people who have lived a lot of comfort, including ourselves, including a lot of even the lower middle classes. Like you can't take anything out of that. Like, and then you'll just adjust to a new world and you'll have to because you realize, oh shit, this is our, kind of design we have to figure this out somehow and you know create new systems i don't think it would be apocalyptic i think it's the best way out I, and i don't know why i think that but i think the best way out is solar flare take the grid out and go talk to your neighbor make sure that yeah, force pe-
0: force people into into tribes well, or or, or community community your, you your, your, your your na- your yes. neighbors, you know what I mean? So no, it puts you it puts you into more of a <clears throat> well with the oh, there's this thing, what is it called? The the, the the there's a name for something that we're not supposed to know more than two hundred people you know or be able to identify two hundred people. There's a name for it.
2: Like, is it like the hundredth monkey?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, but there's some other name for it. But you know the a part of the problem is is that society's gotten way too big and way too impersonal. Yep. Yes. From from our the, our traditional and what we were, you know how we evolved in smaller tribes and smaller groups, and it works that way. When you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and try, you know, community is there's no community. People don't even yep. know who their neighbors are hardly. You know, especially if you live in an apartment.
2: I live in an apartment with probably a thousand people. And it's not even, this is, you know, you're talking working class Brooklyn apartment building. Mm -hmm. And when um, COVID hit really hard here, there were a few people I'd talked to passively. You know, there's there's an old veteran, this guy, Billy, um, who's a, you know, Korean War vet. He's very old. And he was sick to begin with. And I was like, okay, he is paces away from me mm-hmm. you know he's on the second floor on the other side of the building and i didn't go knock on his door and just say hey is everything okay like i'm just you don't have to open your door i'm just checking in on you and i really felt ashamed of myself when everything had settled that i hadn't done that and there were there were other people in the building that i could have just and this is somebody i would enjoyed talking to often you know, his stories I regaled and I thought they were hilarious. You know, he was talking about smoking joints on the roof back in the 1960s. <laughs> like, it was really, really, like a guy I really looked forward to seeing. And here it is, you know, and I gave myself a little slack because things were so in, in such a, a chaotic state. And here I am, a self-proclaimed chaos master, somebody <laughs> who loves chaos. And now I'm in... Situation where I'm not in charge of the chaos. The chaos is in charge of me.
0: Yeah.
2: And my 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 focus, in a weird way, turned toward my family. And I don't want to say I say in a weird way, with you not knowing my family dynamic, but I'd never you know, really. I'd done everything I could to kind of disconnect myself from my family. Um, but before the whole end of the world happened <laughs> you know, here in New York, I. I'd been wanting to repair those relationships and wanted to be more. And, and I'd been closer with my brother, my sister, and then even my mom. And to some extent, my dad, I wanted to get closer with. And so I've shifted my. they wouldn't, it was, I can't explain what it was like in New York without four hours.
0: Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. to
2: actually go. It, it's, it was very, very crazy. It, it was scary. It was nonstop. and, when it came time to get in groceries i'd be the guy to say you know what i'm i'm good i'll go you know i got a pair of balls and i'll go out there and i'll get the groceries for my mom my sister my you know my even my brother who's older than me because you know it's the right thing to do but yet i didn't knock out my neighbor's door and just say hey you know Are you all right? You know, is everything cool? I hadn't seen him and like, I was worried about him even, but didn't, I don't know why we do that. I mean, maybe you have some theories on it, but I don't like, and I can't get to it. And I like to think of myself as somebody who's, who's, who's bold, you know, who go out there and knock on somebody's door and say, look, you don't have to answer the door. Do you have what you need to survive? Are you okay? Can I get you something? And I didn't do that and reflecting on that is difficult yeah, because yeah. you want to grow and be more perfect and um we're still flawed i mean we're still just kind of doing the best we can um, wait for the next pandemic i guess
0: yeah right yeah you can you can, you can do, <laughs> do better stuff. then you know but hey right. at least yeah. you at least you're 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 reflecting and i mean that that's growth you know what i mean recognizing our faults and, and, you know, how we showed up poorly or maybe not the way we wanted to, at, you know, at, at some point in, in your day. And then being able to recognize that and reflect back on it and go, hey, you know what? I didn't really like how I fuck, I showed up there. And I really but, want to do better next as time.
2: Act, as long, yes, as long as you act on it. Yeah. And it's not just like, it's so many people, and I see it in the occult world all the time. And I think I said it earlier, they <clears> use <throat> the occult and the new age to excuse shitty behavior and that i can't stand
0: <laughs> yeah that's it's a little truth different.
2: It, it really, no see that but that's that's and i see that being kind of a split figure in in the occult world i see a lot of people doing things in the occult space to help bring us towards a more loving uh, collective consciousness bring people together and then i see a lot of guys like well you know uh, i'll just you know cheat on my wife leave my wife you know i could do this but, but because that's what the universe warranted why should i ignore the universe's calling and they go very <laughs> airy fair with the stuff and it's like you're just using i think like Al- alistair crowley who's like a famed occultist
0: yeah he's, I know just, that.
2: he's I know. that kind it's like you know like you're just a, you're just a degenerate like you're just you're using ancient you know deeply spiritual practices to benefit yourself in a way that because we're a puritanical society right like and 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 that's not good like we shouldn't be and i'm against pure puritanical ways of thinking you know you it but using a system of beliefs to kind of enforce your own shitty belief system i think is bad you know you you shouldn't have an agenda
0: well you see you see a lot of people
2: the universe told me it was okay no it's not that's total bullshit like the universe didn't tell you to do something that was going to negatively affect the people that you're around for well, your own benefit
0: well there's always going to be predators and there's always going to be yes. prey and yep. you know <clears throat> a lot like uh, you know yoga yogis um, that sure. world you know you there you have the other uh, you know anytime that you're, you're you put yourself on a like you're up here and you're preaching to your to your pulpit or your people, and uh, there's always room for for uh, you know people to to behave badly, you know, or yeah. let it get to their head or, or turn it into, you know, oh, to whatever it ends up. It always ends up being that the the guy screwing every uh, all the everybody, and so yeah,
2: well. Right, it's everybody wants to get. The, it's it's Stalin, you yeah. know. It's it's that whole communistic pr- principle of well, we're all on the same. It's China, you know. It's like we're all on the same playing field, except the social elite and, yeah. and whatnot. But that's what. And I mentioned it earlier why initially I didn't want to do this film was when it was first approached to me. There's a few reasons that, that I didn't want to do it was because there's the potential to become guru, guruistic, right? Mm. Like you don't ever want to do that. And and you, you, you don't ever see it coming, I think. I think a lot of these cult leaders and a lot of these people who, like we're saying, I don't think they, it, it's almost the same as your methamphetamine addiction. Like you don't see it until you realize you're addicted to the attention you're getting from the people you're uh, you're, you're preaching to. And before you know it, you're Jim Jones, and like yeah. there's no other way out of it. But not that I thought that that would happen. But yeah, you
0: know. yeah. Well, you. you know. the, the, so you're saying is that you don't think that they set out to do that, but through whatever it is, and noticing the power that they had over people, it's like, oh, I can do this, or maybe I can it's do this. Let me try this. You know what yeah. I mean? let me see what I can get away with over here. You know, and, yeah, and it's, it's
2: absolutely it, it's entirely – Like, look, it's if you could. You can't predict if your podcast was to become the most successful podcast in America, There's, you can't predict how mm-hmm. what the effect of that would be on you. You don't know. You could say, oh, I would just be any old guy. You know, I'd still be Sean and that's all there would be to it. But you, you can't predict that. Mm-hmm. You know, you may turn into a like that may be the greatest addiction that you've ever had that you've got followers you know and i think that in a lot of ways that the world we're living in is that's mm-hmm. the ultimate addiction is that people listen to what you say and hear what you want to say and i have always an tried influencer. to remain being an inf- right mm-hmm. isn't that addictive yeah, like yeah. oh look at boom, how boom, many boom, followers boom, i likes. have
0: look how many followers yeah. i have i just post one thing and i get thirty thousand likes huh. yeah, yeah it is you get a little 100%. dopamine hit every time you get you Ooh, that feels oh, good. Look,
2: we're all we're all guilty of it, but <laughs> fighting against it, I think, is is as I sit here with a martini, but like fighting against it is, I think, an important um, an important factor in the whole thing. But the the few originally when the guy who invested in the film had come to me to say, "Hey, would you like to um, make a film about this book?" One, I read the book and I was like one I, I didn't think it was that gr- like i didn't think it was really i didn't see it immediately and i didn't know how you would take that and make it into a film but it also seemed as i looked at the fan base and the people who were so ravenous about this thing it seemed like it, it was a bit cultish mm-hmm. and that there was a at least a cult of personality around it that i was uncomfortable with because i think that it's better to you know i there were the seven principles, as you call them, mm-hmm. were things that I kind of understood from early childhood, I didn't need anyone to teach them to me. I was some an accidental Buddhist, like, <laughs> I don't need Buddha to tell me to be, you know, to do those things. So as I, I originally was just like, I don't think I don't see a way that this could work, you know, and like, and, and he came back and he said, you can do whatever you want. And you can do it however you want to do it. And you have complete creative freedom. And you tell an artist, they have complete creative freedom. And there's there's not an artist on Earth who's not going to take the bait. And so I took the bait. And I said, Okay, and I didn't, I didn't, when I took the bait, I didn't have a plan. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just kind of sat on it. And then you have that imposter syndrome. Next thing you know, I'm in Egypt, like, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, (laughs) holy shit, what the fuck am I doing? I'm, in, I'm, I'm climbing the pyramids and I have no fucking idea what the hell I'm doing. Um, but I think that's the best place to start is in like, the the deconstruction of the architecture, like, what am I doing here? And then you, 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 you eventually land on the ground, like, yeah,
0: yeah. and you,
2: and you start putting that back together, you know, and reconstructing it in a way that actually, hopefully, hopefully, people can react to and, and anyone I'd show the film to seems to enjoy it or at least get something from it. It's yeah. not a party film. You don't throw, you don't throw a party and show it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we have a clip of, of the first, uh, the, 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 center thing, the, the, it's almost like the break in, in chapters or, or yeah. whatever you, yeah. I
2: call it, I call it the alchemical wedding sequences. And I don't know why I call it that. Uh, but i'll explain
0: (laughs) all right so let's add this to the stream we'll go like this so we can hear we can hear you so i'm gonna go ahead and and play this so weird So it's so kind it's, of a trip.
2: <laughs> well, you know, in some ways, yeah, I guess it's like it's partially inspired by you know, the psychedelics. And, um, but, in, but, but I, when I decided to do those sequences, and there's seven in total mm-hmm. throughout the film, for each of the seven principles, I came up with this wacky, weirdy scenario. Part of the, do whatever you want thing was like, well, part of what I want to do is whatever I want to do.
0: Yeah.
2: And that sounds like a kind of self-consuming serpent, but it's, it's, it's what any artist ever wants. It's like, I want to do whatever I want to do. And so I just do what I guess you'd call like trance drawings and came up with these characters, (coughs) you know, just thought like how, what can we do that would just take this film and make it something beyond what it is and give it some kind of supernatural power? Well, I think the the way the, the only way that you can do that, and there's a lot of talking in the film, but the most purest form of communication, in my opinion, are symbols. Because, like, I don't know if you've read Carl Jung, mm. you know, and Carl Jung will speak about symbols a lot. And like, how we all interpret things in a uh, universal way, and in an individual way. And so there's something really powerful, powerful about symbols, right? So I, I didn't even know what those sequences meant. They were just autonomous, they had their own life, their own meaning. I worked with my good friend, Shane Morton. Have you seen Mandy? Uh, I don't know if you know the cheddar, the cheddar mac and cheese goblin. He designed him. He's kind of a visual effects guy. Um, If you ever saw that viral too many cooks video, Mm -mm. or it's just an endless stream. (sighs) Um, But he's like this crazy effects artist in, uh, in in Atlanta who I've been friends with forever. He's always done my effects. And I was like, let's just do whatever we want to do. And let's, you know, like if the like stream of conscious, yeah, yeah, but on film, because those are the moments that people. And then somebody on set was like, "It's uh, it's the tarot." Well, like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it's that's it's tarot. It's like the tarot cards. It's the man and woman, and they're constantly in these things. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then he showed me pictures of the tarot cards, and I was like, holy shit. It's exactly what it is in a weird way. And the whole point of tarot, which is in the film, yeah. is to, it's a cathedral of symbols, as she says. It's symbology, and you take what you need from it. And it's meant to confuse you, and it's meant to not make any sense. Because if you start, and our alchemist in the film, uh, Brian Cottenwar says, when you start making sense of something, you're no longer looking at it. Which means you think you have it figured out, mm-hmm. but you don't have it figured out. It's what we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah. You think you've got it. When you think you've got something, you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you lose control of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, I, I thought it was when I looked at them, I, I just immediately what came to my mind is Adam and Eve.
2: Yeah. Well, it's that too, right? It's binary. Mm-hmm. It's that whole like, you know, which, you know, Adam and Eve get a really bad uh, rap. Like it, it's because it's been co opted by so many different religions or so many Christian sects and whatever. But Adam and Eve really just kind of and and I to go on like a philosophical rant, the devil gets the worst rap because he was not the devil. And I've written about this, The the serpent in the Garden of Eden was not the devil. You know, that it was the devil when it gets down to, you know, the biblical times and whatever, but it was just a serpent,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: and serpents, by and large, had, had always been a symbol of knowledge mm-hmm. and a symbol. You know, if you look at Mesoamerica and you look at the the shamanic cultures, the serpent was always the, the bringer of the bringer of facts, the bringer of truth. It's only until you get to the to the New Testament that, it's, you know, cast them out. Um, which again, I don't believe very much in any of that stuff.
0: Well, the, um, but yeah, Adam, you. No, I was going to say the WHO uses a serpent and its uh, and its uh, logo.
2: Right. Well, it's it all goes back to that odd, and there's a great book, and I encourage you highly to read it, especially as someone who's interested in psychedelics, called The Cosmic Serpent, written by Jeremy Narby, who's a colleague of mine, and his. He accidentally, as an anthropologist, stumbled upon ayahuasca, which nowadays is almost dime store. But when he had um, he'd become sick while doing his research in the Amazon, and the medicine people were like, "Well, we can we can help you um, if you don't mind using our medicines," and he took they gave him ayahuasca, and he had this transformative. Uh, experience, and couldn't grapple, he he just grappled for years with what was this experience. And he realized it was serpents um, climbing ladders, Mm -hmm. and his, his awakening, so to speak, which he wouldn't even call it that. But what he wrote about the cosmic serpent is, uh, it's DNA. It's the DNA strand, it's the double helix. And it's everything you see, and he's like, you find it everywhere. Whether it's the you know the snakes climbing, circling around the ladder like you see in the WHO, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: or um, ancient symbols, this and that—it's all the and he goes so, and he's a master storyteller. This is not a boring book; it's like Indiana (laughs) Jones style. The the journey he goes on is amazing, and even he even says like you know this is it's 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 not a it's it's a flawed theory, but it's his experience yeah,
0: yeah, and it's
2: not that it's, it's fascinating. Um, and the whole thing is that DNA is what makes, that's what we are. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's so pervasively visualized as, and it's, that's what it looks like. The double helix is the spiraling staircase serpents. So <laughs> there's me going off topic.
0: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what we are. We're, we're, we're DNA and we're, we're uh, stardust. <clears throat>
2: We also think, you know, like, we're, we're, you know, I think we always, the past 100 years have been a 100 years of we know everything, we have everything figured out. And if I don't know it, someone else does. And I trust them. And it worked for a little while. And it's, it, I think it still works to a large degree. There are, you know, I like to think you can trust more people than you can't trust. Um, You know,
0: Oof. you know,
2: you, you can't get too bogged down in conspiracy. Yeah, it, it's, you it, know, it certainly appears that you know that 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 the opposite is true but you walk on the you walk around the street at any given moment i always say like i've never met a person i didn't like but i've met people i hate (laughs) i I like i like the person but i hate the people yeah yeah, you know and that's the truth like if 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 i look at a dust cloud of human beings i'm disgusted by them but if i plucked one of them out and I sat face to face with them and had a conversation with them. I find something I love about them, yeah. you know, and, and without fail, only, only on a fair, a, the, the smallest amount of occasions has it happened that I've said that person has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> and who am I to decide that? You know. Yeah.
0: No, no, you're, you're right. And Kybalion is the film and it releases tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Uh, unbelievably.
0: <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find that. Cause we're coming up on an hour and I have a six, yeah uh, 6 PM. I gotta, I gotta run straight to yeah, after course, this.
2: Man. It's honestly, it's all digital platforms, Amazon, iTunes, Google play, YouTube. Um, it, but you know, for now it's buying a pay like, you know, it's a, it's for sale. Um, I believe there'll be DVDs available if you're in, you know, still into physical media, which I personally am. And, uh, you know, I it's one of those films I think people are gonna hate or they're gonna love. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think there's gonna be an in, in, in between. I hope that you fall into the latter category. <laughs> I hope that we're not talking because you hate it.
0: Oh no, <laughs> no. I it. yeah, I, I saw it. I, I I thought it was interesting.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's it's not for everybody. I didn't make it for everybody. I made it for uh you do with your podcast. You know, you make it for whomever. So I appreciate you doing this, man. I, and I love this conversation. I love having these kind of conversations.
0: No, no, me too. Uh, you know, some. I, I was going to get a little bit into something else, but a lot of times on my show, I just kind of go where it goes. You know where the conversation the takes where the conversation takes us. It takes us and and let me let me remember to drop some of the stuff we're actually here for in between.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you know I'm a I just love to I just love talking to people, man. And you know it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yeah, you yeah. too, man. I, I definitely appreciate it and uh, thank uh, Sylvia uh, uh a yeah, mutual, sure. mutual friend for for hooking us up and uh, and showing me that uh and allowing me to to take a look at that and and that was awesome man I I definitely appreciate it
2: excellent man
0: so all Thank of the and links anytime. and everything will be available in the show notes or in the description uh so yep. what I'm going to need from you and I'll I'll send you a uh I'll send you a link to a guest form that I forgot to have you fill out but it'll just it gives you all the links and everything else that i need to build that uh that description let me know
2: and then i'll share where you know i'll share whenever it's available i'll share wherever i can awesome and you know it'll be fun all right thank you so much man
0: all right ronnie i appreciate it man have a good night brother later sean all right well that was a great uh, conversation. Yeah, I, I had a long conversation with him on the phone, and uh, yeah, we really kind of sort of hit it off and you know, we we're talking about some stuff. Um, and yeah, so I need to move on to another one. I have another um, uh, scheduled interview after this um you know if you you know getting any value out of what i'm putting out or what i'm doing here do me a favor and uh you know let's trade some value for value uh you know if you can't financially afford to help support the show then share the show with uh you know people that you think might be interested in it uh tell a friend Uh, you know, put some people over my way. Uh, you have any questions you want to get in touch with me, you, you want to have some guest suggestions, feel free to reach out at nowhere to go, but up now at gmail.com. Other than that, keep it 100, stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise.